The fast-paced world of sports business is evolving every day. And as an industry that's 90% business, 10% sports, and 100% passion, we're here to bring you true insights from the top professionals who drive today's world of front office sports. Our goal is to give you a true insider's look at one of society's most sought-after business industries. I'm Ryan Deal, and this is Sports Business Nation. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today on Sports Business Nation. I'm your host, Ryan Deal. We're thrilled to have you on board for the inaugural season of SBN, the podcast and content provider founded by passionate young sports professionals for the benefit of other passionate students and professionals of all types. The business of sports goes so much deeper than contract signings and Super Bowl rings, and here at SBN, we host top-level professionals from the real world of front office sports to gain from their insights on a different core subject each week. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can join us all season for an insider's look, and please tell your friends, family, and colleagues to do the same. To learn more about our mission here at Sports Business Nation and see everything we have to offer, please visit our website at www.sportsbusinessnation.com and follow us on all your social media, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Some advice that I got early on during my time in, in New Jersey from, uh, from Scott O'Neill was people buy from people. Go out there and, and hug your, your clients, hug your prospects. Really just humanizing the experience and allowing people to truly feel as if they, they, they're a part of the family, which they are. They're, they're the key to the whole, the whole thing. So my apologies to Walt Disney, but the sports and live entertainment industry has been the original provider of magic and unforgettable moments since early society. Gladiator battles, Shakespearean plays, bullfights, and the live sports of today have been bringing people together to make memories across all cultures. As part of today's professional sports industry, you as the employee can't help but become an integral part of the excitement and experience, so for a lot of today's young professionals, that can prove a challenge. While we're all fans at heart on some level, balancing the many professional priorities of the job with the undeniably cool elements of your job description, it can become tough at times not to lose sight of your goals through the fog of fun. A life working in sports isn't all backstage passes and closing deals on the warning track, so knowing how to balance the wow factor elements of your product with the professionalism required to pitch boardrooms and really close new artists is integral to finding your success. But luckily for us, our guest today has had plenty of first-hand experience in navigating the myriad of client situations one might encounter in sports and is here to provide us some guidance on it. I think my initial mindset was to, to be somewhat of a bulldog and just power through. What I realized fairly early on is that as opposed to galvanizing a group, I was creating more, more heartache. We're incredibly excited to sit down and discuss client-facing in the world of sports with Kyle Pottinger the VP of Sales and Service for the Phoenix Suns. As an Arizona State alum, Kyle and his family have been right at home in the Southwest as Kyle has overseen sales revenues for the Suns. Prior to that, Kyle spent a time as the Senior Director of Group Sales and Hospitality with the Philadelphia 76ers, as well as a stint with New Jersey Devils as their Director of Group and Premium Sales. Before moving to the East Coast, Kyle started his career with an earlier tenure at the Suns beginning in 2007, starting off there as the marketing coordinator and working his way up to senior group sales executive and the team lead for premium services. As a huge college and NBA hoops fan himself, Kyle knows all too well how infectious the excitement of sports can be and will be sharing the benefits of his professional experience over the last 12 years with us today. Emotional intelligence is the new IQ and it's something that I, I believe strongly in that that ability to to recognize how certain things are, are making people feel whether that be 
coworkers or even prospects and clients. I think that's a, a really key attribute in today's world and, and being able to drive business forward. All righty, and welcome back. So with that, we would like to welcome in today's guest. For the benefit of our listeners and audience, would you introduce us with what it is uh, you do and your name? Yeah, my name is Kyle Pottinger. I'm the Vice President of Sales and Service for the Phoenix Suns and Talking Stick Resort Arena. So really excited to spend some time with you guys here today. Well, we really appreciate your time here, especially with the holidays coming up. I'm sure you got plenty of family stuff going on. Um, but hey, you know, this is prime sports season right now. So a great time to be speaking with you on it. Subject of today's episode is really going to center around client facing in the world of sports. Uh, such a unique thing that you and other sports professionals do and that uh, you have such unique atmospheres and situations where you need to be in front of clients, guests, prospects, things like that, um, while balancing a lot of the excitement, but also professional goals that come along with it. So uh, one of the important things we do here at Sports Business Nation, though, before diving into the real crux of, of uh, our subject today, is to kind of get a little handle on you. So before we get too far, Kyle, can you set the table for us a bit? Tell us a little about some qualities or experiences you had growing up that now maybe in hindsight you think led to some of your success in sports? Yeah, absolutely. I think like most people in the sports industry, I grew up a, a huge sports fan, grew up in Nogales, Arizona, on the Arizona-Mexico border. And growing up, I realized fairly early on that my jump shot wasn't quite good enough and I wasn't quite quick enough to ever play professionally, but I had a huge, uh, huge competitive spirit and, and passion for sport. So um, I think that competitive fire is really what fueled me growing up to, to play as much sports as I did. And then as I got into my professional career, that competitive drive definitely helped me and working my tail off to, to climb up the, the leaderboard while hitting the phones. And then um, once progressing into an executive role, really continuing to hopefully inspire and lead our team to do great things. Well, no question, competitions are important in just about everything we do now, and it's definitely a common theme with a lot of our guests here on Sports Business Nation. Um, and kind of on that subject of you know being competitive and maybe early on realizing, hey, maybe I'm not going to get drafted, but I do still love sports and the experience it creates, realizing you wanted to be a part of it. Can you cite a story or experience from when you were growing up, uh, maybe an event you went to with a family member or something that you were a part of as an athlete that really showcases the power of what sports can provide? Yeah, so I grew up down, as I mentioned, in Nogales. It's about an hour south of Tucson. So our professional sports team was the University of Arizona. And when the U of A won the 97 National Championship in men's basketball, my mom actually took me out of school and took me up to the championship parade and gave me an opportunity to, to be a part of that experience. And one really key moment that day was as my mom and I were walking back to the car, we actually stumbled past um, a Lincoln town car that was dropping off Mike Bibby, Miles Simon and, and Michael Dickerson. And I ended up being the only kid in the area and got to go up and meet them in person and, and shake their hands, which um, is something that always, always really stuck with me. And it was such an incredible experience, not only for me to enjoy, but to really have that moment with, with my mom. And, and it's something now that I'm in the role that I'm in, it provides me that opportunity to provide similar impacts to, to kids and, and families and, and really provide them those memories that will last a lifetime, which is extremely important to me. Oh, well, that is a perfect story, Kyle. I actually remember going with my mom to New Jersey Nets games a couple of years later when Mike Bibby and those Kings teams were really good. So uh, I did not get any pictures with him, but that sounds like a fun one. Uh, some good timing right there. So again, kind of staying in your earlier years, before you got into working in sports professionally, can you look back on your teenage years or, you know, even your early 20s, maybe a job you had before you got into sports that 
man, you really learned some tough lessons, but in hindsight, you realize a lot of value in it and maybe down the road, something you'd want your own kids to participate in. Yeah. Something I'll always be um, thankful of my dad for is he, he required me at, as soon as I turned 16 to, to get a job. So I, I started working one week after turning 16 at a golf course in my hometown and it provided me really with some incredible experiences and, and learning the, the value of hard work as well as the, the value of carrying on a conversation with people who are older than me. Uh, I spent three years from my sophomore year to my senior year working at uh, two different golf courses in, in Nogales. And um, every weekend was there on Saturday mornings as early as 6 a.m. and as late as 7 p.m., depending on the, the day. But provided me an opportunity to, to really develop the skill of, of interacting with different people, learning what types of stories generate a response, as well as what type of interactions uh, go over more favorably. Um, while I was working there, really, the, the way I made the majority of my money was through tips. So uh, the gift to Gab became an important one and, and really helped out in, in making my own money. Yeah, you definitely see a lot of kissing babies and shaking hands over at those clubs. And we actually had Ryan England from Medicine Square Garden Company on a few weeks ago. He was telling us about working at a boating club up in Boston, similar type of, you know, expectations from the membership and really having to put the best face forward when your clients are around. So I'm sure that was a, you know, a great way to get the foundations of a lot of what we're going to talk about today for you. Yeah, absolutely. As you look back, you've been in the industry for, I want to stay a little over 12 years since you graduated Arizona State. Uh, looking back on maybe 10, 12 years ago, what's something that now in 2018 in our industry is just completely innovated from the way it was when you started off? Gosh, it, it's technology has come such a long way in, in just 12 years. Uh, when I first got into the industry, it was very much a put your head down and pound out your 100 to 150 calls a day and, and find that needle in the haystack. I feel like now with LinkedIn uh, in particular, it's so much easier to go out there and find those top executives that you're trying to, to get in touch with the, the game of prospecting has become so much more turnkey with the different resources that are available to you online through LinkedIn, as well as different platforms like a, a zoom info. Um, in addition to that, the one that's really impressed me most is one mob, the video messaging platform that that's come out. We recently invested in that here in Phoenix and, the opportunity to get away from a, a lengthy email or even a text message, but send somebody a 15 to 20 second video that's going to allow them to put a face to the name as well as provide you an opportunity to, to make an impactful statement and, and something creative. It has been exciting to, to watch develop and really exciting to watch our team members put it into action. Wow, one mob. That's not one I'm familiar with. So I appreciate that tip personally because for some of the content we're creating here at Sports Business Nation, we may want to look into that too. But that sounds very cool. And yeah, technology has definitely been a theme. And I think as we talk about interacting with clients, something we'll circle back to a little later on in the conversation. But, you know, moving forward to a time now that you'd started working in sports over the last, like I said, 10, 12 years or so, can you cite one or two mistakes that you made that while they were obviously tough and a lot of pressure at the time, again, in hindsight, maybe ended up being good mistakes to make? <laughs> there's a uh, there's a long list of mistakes, Ryan. But uh, I, I think the the one that that stands out to me most, really, really two. Um, one actually took place while in in New Jersey while working with the the Devils, and uh, there were so many new people coming into the organization at that time. And as a young manager, I think my initial mindset was to to be somewhat of a bulldog and just power through to get whatever initiative I wanted to to execute into play and. What I realized fairly early on is that 
as opposed to galvanizing a group to, to come together and, and do something really positive, I was creating more, more heartache. So fortunately I was able to, to recognize the mistake and, and really reposition what I, I was trying to do and, and work more collaborative, collaboratively with those people uh, around me. But I think that's often a, a mistake I see from, from young managers, even now where they're, they're trying to live up to what they think the, the role should be, as opposed to really allowing their personality to shine through and, and, and really act as that connector to bring people to gr- together to do great things. Um, the other big mistake I, I think I saw early on was more in going out and, and finding uh, young people to, to come on board and, and be a part of the teams I, I was leading. I, I think there was times where I definitely tried to, to blanket manage uh, as opposed to managing people to their individual strengths or weaknesses. Um, and, and I think there's a couple of cases in particular that really has stuck with me over the years. And the idea of not necessarily managing everybody the same, but managing everybody fairly has been really a key part of my leadership style and growth over the years. And I think it's been a big reason that we've been able to have some solid success at the different places I've been and is because I've allowed the different personalities and the different people on, on my teams to go out there and do great things. Wow. I think those are actually both great stories. And one commonality I'm seeing between the two is it sounded like the solution was just, you know, enhanced self-awareness and just realizing the impact of the decisions you're making. And we had Brian Towers from the San Jose Sharks on a couple episodes ago. He was saying the same thing and being a great leader is you just need to be aware of the impact of what you're doing because it usually reaches beyond the scope of what you think it's going to apply to. So, um, and like you said, work with other departments, you're gonna have to be teammates for a while. So you got to collaborate. Yeah, it's something I read along the way is that emotional intelligence is the new IQ. And it's something that I, I believe strongly in that, that ability to, to recognize how certain things are, are making people feel, whether that be coworkers or even prospects and clients. I think that's a, a really key attribute in today's world and, and being able to drive business forward. Hmm. Well, somewhat tangent from this question now about your mistakes, but if you could rewind 10, 12 years and give the younger, more impressionable Kyle Pottinger one valuable piece of advice, one piece of advice for our listeners to take home with them today above all others, what would that piece of advice be? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I, I think if I could go back and give the, the younger version of me advice, it'd really be two things. One, it'd be to um, at some point, stop and enjoy the moment. I think throughout my career, I've been extremely ambitious and focused on that next step, where as I look back at, on it now, there's many times where I, I, I appreciate the people that I surrounded myself with or the situation I put myself in even more now looking back on it. So I think the first thing would be to, to just stop and really enjoy the, the, the journey at different points along the way, because um, with how fast the industry moves, it's, it's easy to lose sight of that. The second thing I would tell myself is really to, to, to focus on to control what I can control. Um, it, there's a lot going on within the, the sports industry. There's a lot going on within any organization. And the more angst you, or anxiety you create on yourself by worrying about uh, different things. Oftentimes, those things that you're worried on never come to to to, to reality. So, um, the idea of just really focusing on myself, focusing on on controlling what I can control, is really a key component that I would have really stressed to my younger self. I think that's great advice right there, uh, and I think it's the sort of thing that whether you're in sports or otherwise, you know, enjoying the moment and trying to take some appreciation in that experience. I think that's important in every walk of life. So I appreciate that for sure on a personal level. Um, And again, looking at, we're 
core of today's conversation is going to be about facing clients, facing prospects, facing irate guests at customer service at, during a game or during a show or during a meeting. And as we look around the myriad of ways that we have client interactions, these can be bleacher seats with nosebleed guests. We could be talking executive pitches in boardrooms. We could be closing deals on the court side or you know behind stage. At the end of the day, this all comes down to client experience and the importance that we as employees and as organizations place on each customer's experience. So in your time working for these organizations, how have you seen a company's culture and focus on customer experience lead to success as an overall organization? Yeah, there's a number of different instances. Some advice that I got early on during my time in, in New Jersey from uh, from Scott O'Neill was people buy from people. Go out there and, and hug your your clients, hug your prospects. And it's something that always, always stuck with me. And um, it's actually a item I took from Scott when I got, got out here to Phoenix is really just humanizing the experience and allowing people to truly feel as if they they they're a part of the family which they are they're, they're the key to the whole the whole thing if they're the fans aren't in the building um it's a much different experience for the players as well as for all of the other fans there so uh, we try our best on game nights to to allow different fans to come down and get their picture taken on the court it's always really exciting for me to watch a, a 50 year old man turn into a 15 year old kid when you stand them on the hardwood and and take a picture of him and his child and that goes back to, to the story I told earlier about my mom and I. Um, it's that type of life experience that um, that father and son will, will remember forever. And it's a free item um, technically for us to, to provide. There's not necessarily a hard cost to us, but to bring them out in the hardwood, stand them on the, the floor and take their picture is one that um, we've seen a tremendous impact on over the years. Well, it's funny. You call it free. Other people call it priceless. So uh, I guess it all depends on the perspective, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Priceless is probably the better way to put it. No, for sure. And we're going to talk about some of the wow moments. Uh, and again, listen, like you're saying right now, it's almost so second nature to you. It's just part of what you do, different leagues, different teams. You know, not that we become callous to it, but it's certainly something that maybe we lose the appreciation of after we close a dozen deals on a warning track during a dark day. Um, but, you know, we talked a little bit that there's going to be sales, sponsorship, customer service. There's going to be a lot of different types of client interactions that we've alluded to. What would you say is most important in looking at different types of, you know, guests or clients and figuring out what the best situations and settings to be interacting? Yeah, the key is the emotional intelligence, right? You got to understand your, your client. You got to understand your prospect and what's really most important to them. Um, a major part of the training we go through with our sales team members here in Phoenix really applies to the idea of getting to the root of the why they're coming out, really why they're excited to come out and be a part of the, the experience, and then really try to plant those hooks based on whatever that may be. So the easy example is a father and son coming out to the game as opposed to just really blanketing that that invite to have them out to the game, rather tailor it specifically to them as opposed to just saying, hey, come on out, I'm going to have two tickets for you at the game. Really customize it. Hey, I'm going to have two tickets for you at the game. I've put together a custom gift bag for your son that I'm excited to share with him um, and really show you guys some hidden gems of the arena that the general public have no idea even exist. Um, even further than that, the names are critically important. Let's fi find out the child's name, find out the wife's name, make it personal. The more personal you can make it, the more impactful you can be, and then really customize the experience based off of that. Once again, a father and son's an easy one, but if that's a client that's coming out with one of their clients or with their significant other or um, friends, based on that, that um, company that's coming out with them, 
tailor that experience and make it a special moment because even if they don't necessarily get on board that night with a season ticket membership or suite or group, you can create enough of an, a, a positive experience that there will be attachment to the organization for years to come. And it goes both ways because if that experience doesn't go in a positive direction, you've now created a negative attachment to the organization that could last for years. I think that last point there is so spot on because I'll be honest, in my time working in sports, you probably can say the same. Nobody's ever gone out and bought a Kyle Pottinger or a Ryan Deal jersey. But in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm the face of the organization with a lot of clients and guests because at the end of the day, they can text me and email me and speak with me and flag me down when they're in the arena because at the end of the day, they know that I'm there to go to bat for them and make these unique things happen beyond just get them seats to games and shows. I think that's one of the more powerful things about it. So I think that last point was very apt. Absolutely. Um, I bought a, I bought a couple Ryan deal jerseys in my day. <laughs> oh man. I don't think we make them in your size KP um, <laughs> from your own experience though, whether they're those of your, your own or, or maybe a colleague of yours, can you tell us one or two actual examples from interacting with some clients, uh, whether it's in the NBA, NHL or what have you that really are just completely unforgettable and showcase how unique the variety of situations we find ourselves in are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think oftentimes when you're in this industry, you get to meet some some really, really successful people in life. And, and at different points along the way, you can lose sight of how impactful a, a, an experience with a sports team can be. And really one of my most, really the best parts of my job today, Ryan, is watching the incredible talent on our sales team here in Phoenix and really across our organization and the great things that they do on a daily basis. So, one interaction in particular that stands out to me is actually our manager of business development, Spencer Cherney. He had a client um, who was scheduled to come out to a game to participate in our captain's huddle um, on a game night where it was we had Golden State in town. So the captain's mm-hmm. huddle provides this individual with the opportunity to, to stand at center court um, with the, the captains from either team. This night it's um, Devin Booker and Steph Curry at center court. So definitely wow. a, a, one of the, the bigger ones of the, of the year. And clients are supposed to be there by 6.30 to get to the, the, the client huddle. So we get to about 6.35 and, and the client's still not there. And I'm, I'm, I'm texting Spencer asking him where this guy's at. And he's like, he's on his way. It's on, he's on his way. And I'm like, Spencer, how, how important is this guy? Why, why is he not here? This is his son's Golden State. This is a massive game. And he's like, well, Kyle, he's actually been in brain surgery all day. I'm like, hold on, what? He's like, yeah, he's a, he's a neurosurgeon. He's one of the top neurosurgeons in the state, and he's been in brain surgery all day. I'm like, wow. So uh, this guy actually comes down after being in 12 hours of, of brain surgery um, and stands at center court with Steph Curry and Devin Booker. And as we, we went to shake hands afterwards, uh, I, of course, had questions about how was your day right you must be (laughs) exhausted and all he wanted to talk about is what a cool moment that was how incredible the experience was how thankful he was to us for for providing this this special moment for him so um, as you can imagine as a a neurosurgeon he he does well for himself he can he can probably purchase um, many great things in in life but we were able to provide him that special moment that he'll hold on to for the rest of his life and after a, a heck of a day um, doing brain surgery, it's a, it's a powerful experience to be able to provide. That story is too funny. I'll bet you and Spencer were uh, 
they're thinking to yourselves, this is Golden State. How could he be late to this? Well, I, I hope I hope the client didn't cut his business beforehand short just to make it to the game. But uh, no, wow, no, no, is... he he definitely uh, he finished it off. But it was a uh, <laughs> it was the last time I really questioned somebody as far as what they're doing there during the day. That's more important what we have going on because that is um, that is obviously a, a very high importance finishing the uh, the brain surgery. And a gold star to Spencer for accommodating those kinds of needs. That's definitely a unique one. So maybe the brain surgeon wouldn't quite fit into this next uh, question I have for you here. But obviously, you know, you're going to have big businesses where you need a bunch of executives. You're going to have families. You're going to have small businesses. You're going to have individual fans. So based off what we accomplish, we're going to need to find the best setting and situation to get where we want to go. What would you say some of the advantage are of meeting with somebody offsite at their office or going to a dinner, golf or something like that versus hosting them for a private tour, backstage passes, or obviously your guests at a game or concert? How do you find the balance between those two and when do you use them as smart business tools respectively? Yeah, so I've always embraced the idea of, of home court advantage. Um, you're in a significantly more advantageous position by getting people down to your home arena, standing them at, at center court and presenting the opportunity to, to invest in w- whatever um, product that is with your organization. Uh, that's the number one focus of our phone calls is we make outbound calls. Our, our goal isn't necessarily to, to sell over the phone. Our goal is to get people down to Talking Stick Resort Arena so we can highlight why it makes sense to, to establish a relationship with the, the Phoenix Suns. With that being said, I definitely think there are certain times where just getting face-to-face is, is the key. So our number one goal is to get people down to the arena. However, if we can't get somebody down to the arena, we'll go out with them and, and meet at their office. Um, the one thing I would say you get by going to somebody's office as opposed to having them out at the, or, at the arena is you gain some additional insight into to who they are. You get some additional insight into to their life and um, you got to be careful with that, not to be the, the old cheesy sales guy that comments on uh, on the picture. But if you can make it genuine and, and look at some of those items on the wall to establish a real connection, I definitely think there's value there. I think that's definitely a good point. And one thing I've always found, too, is one of the other potential benefits in going offsite, especially to somebody else's office, as opposed to hosting them pregame or during a game as your guest, is when they come out, they got their jersey on, they're in full fan mode. Whereas if you go meet with them during the day, during office hours and book a meeting, that's a business conversation. And a lot of the times with a lot of these people, you know, somebody like your neurosurgeon or a lot of these businesses, treating this as a business endeavor and a budgeting decision is far more important than capitalizing on the fan uh, momentum. So definitely uh, something that I found in balance. Balancing the two, but you're right. There's something about the wow factor, like your story with Spencer. Um, but at the same time, you need to make sure you're using it on the right people. I love the story of the doctor. I think that's like a great way to showcase the kind of person you want to use that on. I'm sure he and his family had an absolute blast. But whether you were the seller yourself or you know this is on a team you manage, how have you seen successes in people using that wow factor? Maybe outside of Spencer's story. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, just the, my favorite part of my job is watching our, our team members on a, a game night basis do do incredible things for their, their clients. And, you know, the, the really huge focus we place on that client experience here in Phoenix and, and really in, in Philadelphia and New Jersey, we did as well. But it, it's really what makes the, the, the organizations as great as they are. Um, regardless of wins and losses, we control what we can control, and that's providing a, a top-notch experience every single game night um, somebody's in town. Um, we even tried to extend that past that that game night and, and really take an active interest in, in people's lives. Uh, we had a, a couple who was looking at investing in 
um, a, a theater box with us well, last year, excuse me. And we found out that they were going on a trip to Disneyland with their, their two kids. And as opposed to just calling them that next week and asking how the experience was, we actually um, figured out what hotel they were staying in, reached out to the hotel, purchased some bears, purchased some balloons and set it up so that when they arrived in their hotel room that evening, the room was completely decked out with wow. gifts from the, the Phoenix Suns. You talk about that wow moment. You talk about wow, the unexpected. That's something that that makes a, a huge impact, and we've been invested in the uh, in the suite. Excuse me. So when you see that level of detail from an organization, even before you spent a dollar with them, you know what type of organization you're going into uh, into business with. So we look for those opportunities again. On game night, there's some great things that we can do. There's some really special things that we can do, but we want to make this real. We want to make this personal. Um, so we we look for opportunities where we can extend it outside of our arena as well. I couldn't be happier with the story you just told because here I thought you were going to tell some cool story about closing, you know, after somebody hit their half-court shot during the, you know, break or something like that. But at the end of the day, like you said earlier in the conversation, not that these things are free, they are priceless and they are available to us. So to show you're really going above and beyond with a client like that, with the families going to Disney and saying, hey, we really are listening and we are thinking of you, that is an incredibly impactful story. I'm sure that went over very well. Yeah, what's uh, what what worked to our advantage um, that, that probably wasn't great for them is I guess they had a horrible day up until that point where the kids got <laughs> sick, flight got delayed. I think the kids like ended up throwing up at the at the hotel lobby or just a, a crazy day. So um, by the time they got to the hotel room, it, it was much needed and, and I think an even more welcome surprise because of what they had gone through. I'll bet. I will bet. I'm sure that put some smiles on their faces. Um, earlier when I'd asked you about some of the changes in the industry, you talked about technology, specifically within client engagement. And I actually loved your, you commented before about, I think it was one mob where you can send kind of the more personalized videos. As we look at the evolution of tech and AI and social media, what are some things that you see, you know, really improving the customer experience for sports on that front right now? Yeah, the artificial intelligence is, is a fascinating one to me, and, and we're not necessarily doing anything with it today in Phoenix, but we have some big plans to incorporate it more. But um, as far as looking at even companies outside of the sports industry that are utilizing it really well, I think there's some positive lessons there. But as we look at especially on a game night, um, there's probably five to six common questions that we get every single game night. So if we can automate that more if we can make that uh, more turnkey for clients to to get an easy response um, i think there's tremendous value there the other thing that we've placed a, a huge focus on here is understanding how people want to talk right in, in the past we've always really talk in our language meaning hey you got to talk to me over the phone because that's how i prefer to communicate Today, people communicate in so many different ways, whether that's via LinkedIn, text messages, email, phone. I, I still think that the phone call is a core part of the process. But if you can use that to establish the, the foundation, then really customize your communication based off of that. It's been incredibly impressive to me to watch the amount of deals we've been able to sell via text message. Um, and that just being a preferred method of communication by top executives in the Phoenix area. Um, and if that's the way they communicate, we want to act as a complement to that. We don't want to necessarily force them into our um, preferred method of communication. So I, I think that's one that we still have to understand better. Um, is one that we still want to really 
generate a significant ab- amount of data around to understand what's most impactful, but at, at a really, at a very, very fundamental level, um, engaging with the client, then really understanding how they best want to communicate, what language they want to, what media language they want to talk through. I think that's a, a, an important part of the process that's really elevated today. Yeah, certainly tailoring your platform to each client's got to be important. And again, you're nothing if not consistent, Kyle, because you said before, it's about treating each customer individually and doing what's best for them. So another example of how you and your teams are doing that. In looking outside of you know your time in New Jersey and Philadelphia, and obviously your two stints down uh, with the Suns, as you look around our landscape uh, and our industry here in sports, what are some other leagues or some teams or even third-party organizations, if, if that's what comes to mind for you, who is leading the forefront of innovating the customer experience in sports right now? There's so many positive examples. The, the, the sports industry is moving quicker than it ever has in, in the history of the world, and it's an exciting time to be a part of that industry, the industry. Um, with that, I think the key is really understanding what's most important to you because um, there's a lot going on as opposed to being average at – 20 different things really we try to focus on two to three things short term that we can be most impactful in. Um, as i look around the industry though a couple organizations that stand out to me are um, hbse and, and yeah i'm probably biased just based off from up there but um their, their progressive mindset as and how it relates to the customer experience at their games as well as um, introducing different um, platforms that they're a part of is is really really impressive to to, to watch develop. Um, the other one that, that has been exciting for me to, to, to watch and, and learn from is the Sacramento Kings. Um, they've really established themselves as um, really the industry standard when it comes to, um, I shouldn't even say standing, the industry leader when it comes to technology and, and innovation. Um, and they're, they're doing some really positive things out there that just haven't been done in the sports industry before. And for that matter, maybe they're one that I always keep a close eye on and and admire from uh, from afar as they continue to to develop their platform and do great things. Well, I love those two, but I hope you're not tailoring this to me here because we do have both Sacramento Kings and HBSE guests on this season. So, okay, we don't need brown nosing. No, but I agree. Uh, there are definitely a <laughs> lot of things going on on the customer service side, both those organizations that you read about constantly. So I, I think you're spot on with that. Um and again, I want to be sensitive of your time. I know you've got the family. I think you may have mentioned that one of the kids is sick right now. Oh, goodness. Don't want to put myself in your shoes there. <laughs> um, but as we start to wrap up a little bit here, in looking at today's conversation, you know, it's really just being personable and interacting with people and being a great face and representation for your brand. Um, but as our listeners and audience try to look for other sources of content, be those books, podcasts like this one, newspapers, magazines, to really further develop and enhance their understanding of what our discussion has been about today. Are there any other sources that you would recommend out there that you've read that you think could help people looking to grow a little further? Yeah. So I, I love reading about other people who have just been overly successful in life. Um, it, it's fascinating for me to just understand what makes these people different from everybody else. So a book I'm reading right now, about three quarters of the way through it is Mamba Mentality. Um, It's Kobe Bryant's book um, that talks about really his game night practices, how he was able to perform at such a a high level throughout his career in the NBA. And um, it's somewhat sacrilege for me to say that working for the Phoenix Suns because we hate (laughs) everything that is the LA Lakers. But but, um, he's got an incredible... Um, incredible story and incredible mindset. So I look for those different people like that, that I can 
pull um, some things from, even if it's one or two small nuggets and incorporate them into my life to, to generate even a fraction of their success. Well, and it's certainly a credit where credit's due kind of thing. I'm sure, you know, all the teams in the West would have to recognize Kobe's greatness <laughs> during his yeah. career. So I don't think anybody will take it too personally over at Phoenix, but um, I think that's excellent. Um, this has really been a great dive in for us here. Some really good, like immersive content, but also some great overviews of a lot of really important subjects here that are going to come up for people working in tons of departments throughout a sports front office organization. Um, again, I really appreciate your time here today, Kyle, before we let you go off and enjoy some time with the family, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before you go? Yeah, I think for the people listening, I, I would say find your passion. Um, sports is a, an exciting one. It, it's an industry that I feel privileged to, to be a part of, but whether it's sports, whether it's sales, whether it's something completely different, find what your passion is and run at it with everything you have. Cause once you find that passion, it becomes really a, a fun process, a fun experience to, to be a part of, but I really appreciate you having me on today, Ryan, and um, hopefully everybody enjoys the podcast. Oh, I have no doubt that this will be one of the favorite episodes thus far here in season one of sports business nation. Hopefully we'll have you on again in the future and as a listener out there. Um, but in the meantime, happy Thanksgiving to you and the Pottingers, Kyle. And, and thank you again for your time today on sports business nation. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, Ryan. Have a good one. All right. Be well. Bye. Let's now take a couple minutes to digest and unpack some of Kyle's key points from the discussion just now. Your client, you got to understand your prospect and what's really most important to them. Um, a major part of the training we go through with our sales team members here in Phoenix really applies to the idea of getting to the root of the why they're coming out, really why they're excited to come out and be a part of the, the experience and then really try to plant those hooks based on whatever that may be. As with most all industries today, tailoring your presentation and recommendations optimally to all of your clients' specific priorities is an absolute must. Taking advantage of what Kyle referred to as a home court advantage by hosting your clients and prospects for unforgettable experiences as your guests is an incredible way to pack a punch. But even other small things like remembering family member names and helping your prospects beyond what they expect is equally crucial in differentiating yourself as a true resource. The, my favorite part of my job is watching our, our team members on a, a game night basis do do incredible things for their their clients and you know the the really huge focus we place on that client experience it, it's really what makes the, the the organizations as great as they are um, regardless of wins and losses we control what we can control and that's providing a, a top notch experience. Whether you're new and working the front lines or manage your own department. Ensuring that you work in and help to create a corporate culture that values clients and their experiences is an absolute must. As we have heard in recent episodes from other guests like Lou DePauli and Brian Towers, controlling what you're able to control is all any of us can try to do, and in sports, that involves delivering an incredible guest experience for every person who walks through your doors. These types of successful client cultures build momentum through their continued efforts, and Kyle cited multiple instances where making the client's experience priority one has ultimately paid dividends. I think that's often a, a mistake I see from from young managers, even now, where they're, they're trying to live up to what they think the, the role should be, as opposed to really allowing their personality to shine through and, and, and really act as that connector to bring people to, together to do great things. Not necessarily managing everybody the same, but managing everybody fairly has been really a key part of my leadership style and growth over the years. And I think it's been a big reason that we've been able to have some solid success at the different places I've been and is because I've allowed 
the different personalities and the different people on, on my teams to go out there and do great things. So while it's not necessarily going to be easy working hand-in-hand -hand with teammates and subordinates to ensure the customer always comes first, Kyle suggests that it is a huge part in getting the best out of people. Whether it's the colleagues you work with or prospects you're looking to do business with, treating people fairly but as individuals goes a long way in today's world, and constantly developing our social intelligence should be a daily priority for each of us. But at the end of the day, Kyle said it at least a dozen different ways. Working in sports business is fun, and the people we work with love the excitement we provide. So above all else, just be aware of the impact you make with your decisions, put your best foot forward, and most importantly when facing your customer, always remember to just be yourself. As we conclude today's episode, we want to thank you all for joining us on Sports Business Nation and do hope you enjoyed our conversation. We'll look forward to having you join us again next week for another deep dive into today's real world of sports business. But until then, please do visit our website at www.sportsbusinessnation.com and follow us on all your social media like Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Also, do be sure to tell your friends and family about our show and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to enjoy each of our guests' expert insights and perspectives every week. This has been a Sports Business Nation production. I'm your host, Ryan Deal, signing off until next time.